Welcome to Lakeland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. Now that I'm actually with you, everyone, welcome to everyone joining us online. We give a shout out to everyone there. All right, good. Uh, hey, it's uh, a couple things. Like, uh, first off, thank you for being here. <laughs> it's freezing outside. It is so stinking cold right now. On our way here this morning, it uh, you know on, on the car it says the temperature. And it was negative 17. I told my wife. I, lo- I said, Hey, babe. If the temp goes up 50 degrees, ice will start to melt. Isn't that exciting? It just kind of puts it into perspective, right? We're 50 degrees away from ice starting to melt, isn't it? So from everyone who is sane and stayed home and uh, is joining us from other parts of the, of the world, welcome. We are nice and cold here, frigid in Wisconsin, but I'm thrilled to have you with us in the room as well, those of you online. Hey, there's a big game today. Anyone going to be uh, watching? Okay, a few of you. How many of you are cho- uh, rooting for the Chiefs? Give us a cheer for the Chiefs. Huh? Okay, there's like three of you. Okay, how many of you are uh, rooting for, for uh, Tampa Bay? Hmm? <laughs> wow, wow. I know everyone's like, ah, I really don't have a horse in the race up here. But I, here's the deal. My kids, they always ask me, they're like, who, Dad, who are you going to root for? And Because they're always going to root for the opposite. That's just how they function. And uh, so I told them earlier in the week, I'm like, I'm going to root for the Chiefs. And um, I just, man, that's a good comeback story over the last couple of years. And, and, but, man, I'm not going to lie. Tom Brady, that guy's amazing. Uh, I, here's the, I, like, if you don't follow football, he's the oldest guy in the NFL. He's my age. And he has led a team that hasn't been to the Super Bowl in 18 years. They haven't been to a playoff game in 12 back all the way to the Super Bowl. Like that just says something about the guy, the caliber of that guy. So I'm kind of rooting for him just because, man, oldest guy in the NFL, come back. I mean, what a story. It is really good. So I know most of you are just watching it for the commercials. So go Bud Light today and all the other commercials that you like to root for um, and whatever it is that, that just makes you laugh, Doritos or whatever it is, but that'll be fun. All right, now let's get on to like real things and stuff that I actually care about. That's just uh, fun things. But uh, this last week, we launched into uh, reading the Bible together as a church. So church-wide, using the Bible reading app, hundreds of you are doing that. So for those of you who hopped on, awesome. For those of you who accepted the Bible reading, like plan on the Bible app, but didn't start, and you might be like, ah, I fell behind. Listen, it is never too late to join in. If you miss the first six, seven days, don't worry about it. Just hop on today and hop on with us. Hundreds of us are reading together on the Bible reading app. Uh, all you have to do is download it. It's version Bible reading app, and then like uh, Lakeland, or find us, friend us, and then we'll send you the link to it. But here's, it, there's more than just reading the Bible together. There's so much more offered kind of within that platform in that app. So just kind of help you see it, uh, we shot a little video. So go ahead and roll this. What's up, Lakeland Church? Pastor Jeff here. Hey, I just want to highlight some things we're rolling out that we're really excited about. As you've heard, we are reading uh, the Bible together. And so we've been launching into the book of Acts. We've had so many people reach out, so many connections happening in the middle of the week, and it's been exciting. 
I want to share with you just something we are rolling out as far as you version, the Bible app goes, that you can use right in real time during a service. If you haven't downloaded it yet, you version Bible app, just download that and uh, you'll be able to get into all kinds of uh, different features, different tools to enhance your uh, experience right here at Lakeland. But what I really want to highlight is this more section and a certain feature called events. If you were to click more and go over to events, you'll be able to unlock all kinds of different things which are really, really great for your experience right here this weekend. And if you are tuning in from outside of our area, you can look up Lakeland Church and pull up information on our weekend experience. If you're tuning in in the area, it can use the map finder and point you right to uh, Lakeland Church. What we've done here is just created a rundown to help you in the uh, worship experience for you to be following along to everything that's happening uh, in real time. And so what you'll see here as we get in is a digital connection card. Each and every week, we want you to connect with us, share prayer requests, take next steps. And then along the way, whether it's a song uh, that's in our service or a scripture that's in our service, you'll be able to see it right here on the Bible app also really cool on here, you will see ready-made social media posts that you can send over to your favorite platform. Whether that comes during the message or whether that comes during a song, we would love for you to share the experience with all of your friends. All packed full with next steps and places for you to interact with us in real time. Lakeland, each and every weekend that we come together, we want you to experience the living God. Whether that's through worship, through message or through technology, we're gonna use whatever means we can to invite you to interact and participate and encounter God. We love you, Lakeland, and we will see you in the Bible app. So here's what's so cool about that is like right there in the events, you go to that more, you go to events, you can join us right now in the service and all the scripture I'll be using today is right there. You can take notes right on any of the passages of scripture, uh, the outline, all of you who are like, when are we going to get an outline? There it is. It's there. The outline's there for you. So you can just follow along. Uh, but that's all there. So take advantage of it. All right. So here we go. Let's launch into this, uh, this week's kind of series, Rethinking Habits. Last month, we did this series called Rethinking Church. And it was really this big question of like, what makes church, church? And uh, in, in Rethinking Church, the whole series, we really were rolling out impact communities. This whole idea that impact communities are a means by which people don't have to come into a church building to experience the church, but the church, being the people, can actually go anywhere. And we've defined an impact community as just like it's you and five of your friends in an impact dream and, and go on out there and invite other people to join you in that. And so here's one story of Arlene who's launching an impact community and what hers has looked like. So go ahead and roll this story. My impact community came about initially from me connecting with the Lakeland community. It started off with me coming to church and deciding to take on a serve opportunity and from there I made connections and after it was all over I decided to continue and bring others into that same experience outside of Lakeland. The moment I realized what God wanted me to do was when he just put it on my heart to welcome others in that may have felt broken or imperfect and so it was from that that I decided to connect on a virtual platform. We realize that our hearts are centered around helping women, helping children within our community. So our current impact is the partnership with APFV, which is a local free resource that specifically focuses on victims of domestic abuse. 
My hope for our impact group, our impact community, is for it to continue to be a virtual platform for those that are not local. We've already started this by creating a Facebook group that will encourage others to join in on future initiatives as well. I have grown so much spiritually, emotionally. My advice to anyone that is interested in starting their own impact initiative is have that conversation with God. God takes the most imperfect of people and he does such incredible things. This out. All of our small groups are getting an upgrade to become impact communities, and with that, they're doing impact opportunities constantly. And if, you're, if your group was going, what are we going to do for our first impact opportunity? If you're sitting there going, what, what can I do or to be a, a, become a part of an impact community? Here's a simple kind of all hands uh, on deck or working together, all hands in the middle. Uh, we're actually doing a kind of a packing party next Saturday uh, for our first responders. We're packing like a thousand bags for first responders, um, and you can actually come and be a part of that. Text the word community to that number and, uh, and hop in on that opportunity. In fact, if you're watching from anywhere else, another community, and you're saying, how could I start an impact, me and five of my friends, bring something like this to first re responders in our area? Same thing. Text the word community to that number. We'll help you launch that same impact opportunity right in your area with you and five of your friends. So, uh, But that's an easy one for all of us to join in on. But what we're doing is we're upgrading all of our small groups to impact communities that can be holistic expressions of the church really anywhere. So then the natural kind of follow-up question is, all right, if an impact community can be a holistic expression of the church anywhere, what habits are a part of that impact community that make it holistic? Like what makes a holistic expression of the church to, to be experienced anywhere? And so that's what this series uh, rethinking habits is all about. We're going to be looking at the habits that we want all of our impact communities to practice that, that are necessary for all of us to, to grow. Now, when we think about habits, usually we're thinking about what's second nature to us. So as you launched into the new year, some of you perhaps sent some New Year's resolutions, and really what you were doing is you were trying to create some new habits. I want to either diet or exercise or read my Bible or uh, learn a new language or whatever it is. And whether you've fallen off the wagon or you've been successful there, what you were trying to do is create new habits. And here's the deal. In your spiritual journey, we, we need habits that will propel us forward in our spiritual walk with the Lord. And so what are those habits and how can we make sure that we've instilled the right habits within us? And so these, impact, or these habits for impact communities, they are, they're not new. They're actually some of the same habits that have been a part of our, our, what we've always called a part of our discipleship journey for the long haul. But they're just getting an upgrade as well. I picture it like this. Um, I, I like to lift weights. I like to work out. And if I want to get stronger, I don't necessarily say, hey, I'm going to stop lifting weights and start doing something different. I keep lifting weights, but I do it differently because I want to upgrade what I'm doing, do it a little bit differently so that I can increase my weight. In the same way, we're not going to abandon our habits that we've had in the past and do something totally new. We're just going to upgrade what we've had so that we can produce something different within it. And so let me just give you our uh, kind of the way that we remember our habits that have always been a part of our groups and our discipleship journey here at Lakeland. We, uh, we use the word soda to remember it. So here it is, soda. It's an acronym. Now, how many of you guys say pop? 
I say pop. I don't say soda. Okay. Any of you Coke people? Like you could get a Sprite Coke, a Dr. Pepper Coke, any uh, people from the South? No. Are you alive? Okay. Anyhow, we use soda. It's a simple way for us to remember. In the first uh, letter there, it just means shepherding. That's how we remind us. It's it's shepherding. And this is a habit that all of us uh, need to engage in. And the first thing I need to just kind of say about it is this is a habit, not a who. Let me say it again. This is a habit, not a who. Let me say it again. This is a habit, not a who. See, sometimes when we hear shepherding, what we do is we start to think who in my group or who in my life is the shepherding individual, the person who likes to shepherd, but this is not a a who, it's a habit, it's a habit for all of us, okay? As we think about shepherding, uh, and you think about the function of a shepherd, if it's a habit, what's the function of a shepherd? A shepherd would watch over a flock, right? A shepherd cares for a flock, a shepherd protects a flock, a shepherd directs a flock. And from a habit perspective, our impact communities need to exercise this habit with one another, meaning that we uh, care for one another, we watch over one another, we protect one another, we direct one another. But it's, once again, it's, it's a habit, not a who. Sometimes what we do is we go, okay, who will be the shepherd in my community, in my impact community, in my group? Who's going to be the shepherd? And sometimes we'll go, well, it's got to be the most spiritual person, or it's got to be the most merciful person, or the most generous person. But that's not it at all. You want to know who it is? It's every person. It's not a habit, it's a who, or it's not a who, it's a habit, it's for, I'm getting that mixed up. It's not a who, it's a habit, it's for all of us, we all need to exercise this habit. There are times that I shepherd my wife's heart, and there are times that she shepherds my heart. Because mutually, we are caring for one another, protecting one another, uh, lifting one another up. Boy, I better get this right. It's a habit. (laughs) Not a who, okay? And so all of us need to exercise this habit. Now, before we go too far, I want to talk about a little bit of the structure of impact communities. I know for those of you who love org charts, here we go. I want to help you understand this. Others of you are going to like tune out for a moment. Stick with me though, okay? Because I said in the previous week, impact communities, as you invite people, they're going to grow to be like, they could grow to be 50 people, 100 people. And I know some of you are like, hold on, if I have to shepherd 50 people, 100 people, care for them, direct them, love them, protect them, I'm going to tear out my hair just like Josh did. And, um, but that's not how this works. Here's what we Uh, how our structure is going to be built for our impact communities. Impact communities are going to be made up of huddles, impact huddles. And huddles are simply this. It's simply the people that you circle up with when you want to dive into a serious conversation. That's all. The people you circle up with when you want to dive into a serious conversation. An ideal huddle is probably five or six people, maybe up to seven people. And here's what we've discovered. The best conversations happen in those smaller groups, groups of five or six or seven. Um, because here's the deal. If, you, if you've ever been in a small group with maybe 12 people, maybe you've experienced this. When you have 12 people, there's just a few too many stories to maybe know everyone's story really well. Maybe too many people to feel comfortable with all of them, to trust all of them, or even to be heard by all of them. When you're in a group of 12, everyone can contribute some content, but when you're in a group of six, everyone can contribute significant content. Let me say it again. When you're in a group of 12, everyone can contribute some content. But when you're in a group of six, everyone can continue, can, can uh, contribute significant 
content. I, I've done this in, in small groups where there's 12 of us, and all of a sudden we might be in couples, and the guys split up for, for the evening. Guys go over here. Gals go over here. And it's the best conversations we've ever had. Why? Because we just made our circle a little smaller, and everyone was able to actually contribute significant content, not just some content. And the conversations just seem to get better. They're deeper always in those smaller circles. And so uh, here's, a, let me give you kind of the structure, the makeup of what might happen as your impact community grows. Because it starts with you and five of your friends. But let me show you some images here. Here's what an impact community of 12 could look like. You might get together and you eat together, and you play together, you talk together. But when it comes time to hop into those circles and have some significant conversations, serious conversations, you're, you're going to hop into a couple different huddles. Or, or here's an impact community of 24. Same type of thing. You all might get together, actually, at one person's house. That's a big house, okay? And, and eat together and play together. But when it comes time to hop into those serious conversations, you're going to hop into some smaller huddles. These are people that you're going to actually do this shepherding thing with. All right, how about an impact community of 50? Okay, now that all these numbers are getting bigger. So you got to start thinking a little bit differently. An impact community of 50 doesn't have to all meet every single week together at the exact same time. No, you're, you might have some people who are going, hey, Monday night works for us to get together. So you might have 12 people that meet at one person's house and they eat together and they play together. And then when it comes time for those serious conversations, they huddle up together. And then you got another couple, another dozen people that meet on Wednesday and they huddle up together once it gets to those conversations. You might have 18 people that meet at someone else's house on Thursday. And they, they, as a whole group, they eat together and they hang out together. But when it comes time for those serious conversations, they get break into three huddles. And then you got another group that just meets on Saturday and they huddle together. And, but here's the deal. This entire group is actually a part of the impact community that's holistically moving to make an impact. And once a month, this whole group goes on mission together to make an impact together. Does this make sense? Okay. Three of you got it. Okay, great. In the past, though, we've always said actually about our small groups that we wanted to maintain keeping them small. And that was because we valued those kind of honest relationships and not letting them become too surface level. But in the past, then, small groups would sometimes say, no, we're, we're closed because we're, we've already got, we're a full group. And here's the deal. The beauty of an impact community is an impact community is never closed. Let me say it again. An impact community is never closed because you're just launching more huddles. That's all you're doing. It's all you're trying to invite more people to make an impact with you, and then you're hopping into huddles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so let me start preaching. I want to give you five principles today uh, that are necessary if we really want to practice this habit of shepherding, okay? Let me read a couple verses to you, and then I'm going to give you the first two. I'm going to do five. I'm going to do these probably two to three minutes per kind of point here, okay? So we're going to do it quick. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Question, how many of you at the end of 2021 want your heart, I want to fall into sinful behavior and have an unbelieving heart that turns away from a living God? <laughs> Anyone? No, no, no one wants that for 2020, to fall to sin's deceitfulness and slowly wander away from God. Like, no one wants that, and yet it happens all the time, right? Have you ever known someone who it seems like sin just got a hold of their heart and they seem to wander away from God? 
You ever known someone like that? Yeah. So what, what happened? Well, I would argue somewhere along the line, they probably didn't have a good, uh, didn't have people in their life who could shepherd them or who were shepherding them and demonstrating some of these habits. And so what are some of the habits that need to be a part of this? Well, the first one that I would uh, highlight for you would be this. A huddle that shepherds will be close enough to see your heart. They're going to be close enough to see your heart. Let's go to that uh, passage once again, Hebrews 3.12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that, uh, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. See to it. So we've got to see to our hearts. The Greek word literally has this idea of being able to visually see and observe. And notice what it says that we have to look for. We've got to be able to look for sin that might be crouching at someone else's door. Or someone else's heart that is becoming hardened or callous to the things of God. You and I need others in our, in our lives who will see what's actually going on in our hearts. And you and I need a huddle of friends who will help us see when sin is near or when our hearts are getting hardened or callous. Unfortunately, I've, I've been in way too many small groups where we gathered every single week. And it's almost like we were together to get... <laughs> A check, a check off of our spiritual checklist done. Have you ever done that? Like, you know, if, the, if the church tells me to do this, if God says this would be good for me, if I, do I get a gold star in heaven for this or something? Like, I checked it off my list. But at the end of the day, I, our group, we were watching marriages crumble and people crash because no one was letting anyone in. And it's kind of useless for us to gather and huddle up, but if no one's close enough to actually see what's going on in your heart. I, I remember, this is years ago, I, I used to meet monthly with a group of these pastors, and um, there was five of us, and we only met once a month. We didn't claim to be like deep in each other's lives. We were really friends and colleagues and just wanting to encourage one another, but I remember it was a January um, day that we got together. And out of five of the pastors, two said, I almost took my life this last month. And I looked at these guys, I was like, guys, something is really wrong. If two out of the five of us almost took our lives right here in this room. And what it tells me, now we weren't really close. I'm not, I wasn't, I was mad. I'm not gonna lie. I was actually mad at these guys. I was like, how is it that you wouldn't call me like, I know we're not super close, but how is it that you don't want to call me? But what it told me is that there was actually no one in these two other guys' lives who knew what was actually going on in their hearts. And that's a problem. Someone's got to be close enough. Now, I remember years ago, actually, when I first got into ministry, there was a group of youth pastors. We started getting together every single month and talking and, and just being in each other's lives, encouraging one another. I remember after like four or five months, this one guy said, hey guys, can I just be real? And it's like, he threw up his life in front of us. And he led us into his heart. And you want to know what started happening immediately after that? Next guy goes, hey, can I be real? And then the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy. And that unlocked something in that group where all of a sudden we knew each other's hearts. We could walk in and, and before even saying anything, be able to say, hey, I think sin is crouching at your door because I knew what was going on in their hearts. And they became some of the closest friends of my life for a decade of my life. We need people that close who know what's actually going on in our hearts. Second thing is a huddle that shepherds <clears throat> will invest in you daily. 
Back to that passage, Hebrews chapter 3, verse, I think it's 13. But encourage one another when? How often? <clears throat> Daily. As long as it's called today. How often do we call today today? Every day. That's the whole point. He's saying as often as you call today today, which is as long as you're out of the grave, you're going to call it that, you're going to need encouragement daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, there's something about just the reality of sin and culture that apparently God knew something really really well, and that, that is that we need encouragement daily. Not once a week, folks. Once a week's great, but you actually need people in your life daily who will encourage you daily. I know. I, th- I think women are probably a little smarter than us guys. They might need uh, maybe every other day they can get away with it. But us guys, we're dumb. We need, we're going to fall to sin and temptation if we don't have people in our lives daily. Now, does that mean that you need to have like a small group every single day? No. It means that you probably need a group text or something that will keep you in each other's lives daily so you're getting some type of daily encouragement. You know what? I've been in a few multi-level marketing businesses over the years. And before you smile or like just kind of shove those off to the side and laugh at that, uh, there's something about multi-level marketing businesses that they've cracked the code on something that's really important. And it's the importance about being in each other's lives daily. They've realized that daily encouragement, accountability, and motivation is the key to the rise and fall of their success in business. And when is it that the church is going to realize that our spiritual journey, the success of that is actually rises and falls on whether or not you have someone in your life daily? Not just periodically or when it's convenient, but you have people who are like, hey, my huddle of six, I can stay invested in six daily. Oh, daily text. How are you guys doing? How can I pray for you today? I just want to encourage you daily. All right, I got to keep moving. Third, a huddle. The shepherds will pray for you. You need people who will pray for you. Check out what the book of James says, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let me say this again. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let me say it again. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You need people who will pray for you and be in your corner praying for you. When you confess, here's the sin that is coming against me. Here's the struggle. Here's the temptation. Here's my need. Here's what I'm facing. I need people praying for me. I remember years ago, Pastor Eric, he was our former youth pastor, and now he's planting a church down in Illinois. Um, He told this story about how the day his twin boys were born, that his wife went into labor in the middle of the night, and things started going south. They were way early preemies. I mean, way two months early. These two little boys. And, um, and her vitals started crashing. And here he is, a pastor. And he's like, it's two in the morning. I didn't want to bother anyone. And he said, and then it hit me. He's like, here I am, a pastor. My wife and my two newborns' lives are in the balance. And I'm concerned about who I might inconvenience 
by waking him up to pray. He's like, this is stupid. And he started, instead of like avoiding it, he's like, I'm going to call everyone I know. He just started going down the list going, would you pray? Would you pray? Would you pray? Would you pray? And within two hours, everything totally turned and he's got a healthy wife and two healthy boys. And he goes, I'm convinced it's the power of prayer that saved their lives that day. And what we're, what we foolishly do is go, I can just handle life as opposed to recognizing the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Anyone want some power and some effective prayer in the back of, like in your corner? Okay, so get a huddle that's praying for you. Simple as, hey, I'm going in. Today I've got a presentation that I'm, that I'm doing. My boss is kind of in a cranky mood. Please pray. And everyone goes praying, 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 praying in the, in the group text. And don't just say that you're praying. Take a moment to pray. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Amen? All right. A huddle, fourth, that shepherds will care for you. Check out what Ecclesiastes says about this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone. This is a... man. This is B.A. Baracus, 18. Pity the fool who falls down and has no one to help him up. Everyone who's like over 35 knows what I'm talking about. Okay. That's right, Mr. T. Pity the fool who falls down and has no one to pick him up. You need people who will care for you. Here at Lakeland, we've often talked about that person as the 2 a.m. friend. Do you have a 2 a.m. friend? That's the person you can call at 2 a.m. And when you call them at 2 a.m., they're not mad that you're calling them at 2 a.m. asking for help. They're like, when you go, my basement's flooding, it's 2 a.m. They're like, I'm coming, not a big deal. When, when something's crazy is happening, they're like, I'm on my way. How many of you, if a solicitor calls at 2 a.m., how many of you are like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. No, you're like, I pity the fool who calls me at 2 a.m., right? You're like, you better not. But a 2 a.m. friend is someone who's like, they're actually not even bugged. They're not bothered by it at all. I remember a handful of years ago, a lady, uh, a neighbor from just down the street from, from us, she called me, it was probably 11 o'clock at night, and she said, um, she, knew, she knew I was a pastor. She goes, pastor, um, I just got in a car accident. I'm heading to the hospital. My two young kids are at home. Can you just go and sit in the house with my kids? And I remember I sat in her house with her kids till probably three, four in the morning when she finally made it home. Uh, but what it told me that day, I was like, she doesn't have a 2 a.m. friend and she needed one. See, all of us need a 2 a.m. friend. Someone that we can call at 2 a.m. who will care for us and it's just not actually a bother. They're happy to do it. And you'll find that in your huddle. All right, fifth. A huddle, the shepherds, will put right thoughts into you. They're actually going to put the right thoughts into you. Check out what Colossians 3.16 says. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. So this is one of those things that we do to one another. We teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns, spiritual songs, singing with God with gratitude in our hearts. The word that gets translated as admonish. We teach and admonish. This Greek word that gets translated as admonish is to put in mind. You literally, I'm going to put something in your mind. You're going to put something in my mind that will be wise. 
How many of you are like me that you don't always think the smartest things? Like I don't always have the right thoughts in my head. There are times that the right thoughts are not there. And on those days, you want to know what you and I need? We need a huddle. We need some other people in our lives who will actually put the right thoughts in your head on the days you lack it. Because there will be days that you're just not thinking straight. That you're not thinking rightly. And on those days, that's when your huddle comes around side you, or alongside you and they're like, and they call you out and they say, you're not thinking straight. Let me put truth in you. Let me tell you what the word of God says about you. Let me tell you who God is. Let me put in your mind the thought you lack right now. So on the day that you're sitting there going, I feel like I'm a failure. Uh, I'm not going to be successful. I can't do it. I'm feeling discouraged. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling like giving up. I think I'm going to throw in the towel on my marriage. I think I'm going to quit my job. I think I'm going to fill in the blank with something that is not the right thought. That's when your huddle comes around alongside you and they say, that's the wrong thought, but let me put the right thought into you because you don't have it right now. This is what biblical shepherding of caring for one another, protecting one another, lifting one another up looks like. I, I want to call us up. I think we need an upgrade in this area because I think a lot of us have thought about shepherding and like, who's caring and loving in our group? Okay, they can do it. And let's just all be friendly and nice and isn't that good enough? But it's, it's more how many of you guys, how many of you are dog lovers? Show of hands online, just write dog in there. Come on, how many of you are dog lovers? How many of you are cat lovers? You like those God-forsaken animals? Okay. <laughs> All right, so we, we, we got a few more dog lovers than those who like the spawn of Satan cats. Okay, but let's just imagine, imagine that some of you, even if you're not, like I realize I used to be a dog lover, now I'm, I just, I think I just, I kind of just am a kid lover. I got a lot of them, okay? So I stick with kids. But let me just admit, if, if I put in front of you an opportunity, I said, I need you to care for this dog. How many of you would be willing to care for Boo the dog? Boo, some, I don't know how you get voted as this, but Boo is voted as the cutest dog on, in the world, okay? So how many of you would be willing to take care of Boo? Yeah, most of you are like, oh, yeah, she's cute and cuddly. Now, let me show you another dog. Let me show you Chase and tell me how many of you would want to care for Chase? How many of you, if Chase needed caring, you'd be like, I'd care for Chase. Chase has been voted the ugliest dog in the world. I don't know how you get that, but he got voted as the... <laughs> that is one crazy dog. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. So often what we do is we're like, you know what? Can I be in this thing called Christian community when it's cute and cuddly and everything looks nice? And I'm like, I love that. And yet the reality is biblical shepherding, sometimes it just looks ugly. Sometimes it's just not cute and cuddly and easy. And yet biblical shepherding says, hey, I'm not in such a huge group. I got to take care of the world's problems. I just got to take care of Chase's problems. 
Like, I can do this with me and six other people that I can say, I can be in your life when things are not cute and not easy, and I can come alongside you, and I can care for you, and I can encourage you. And on the days that you don't have the right thoughts in your head, I'm going to put the right thoughts in your head, and I can pray for you, and I can care for you, and I can be your 2 a.m. friend. And it's not always cute and cuddly, but I can do it with my heart. I, I can come alongside that group of people. And so if I can encourage you in any way, it's get in an impact community that is going to lead you into some of the most significant conversations that you might ever have in your life in these huddles where you're going to find people who shepherd you and you shepherd others. It's not a who, it's a habit. And it's for a habit that all of us need to upgrade. Why don't you guys stand, let me pray for us, and then we will be out of here. Heavenly Father, even as I talk about this, there, there, there's probably tons of us here in the room, those watching online who would say, man, I, I want an upgrade in this area because I want those type of relationships. I need a 2 a.m. friend. I need people who will pray for me. I need people who will care for me. I need people who will put the right thoughts into me when I don't have the right thoughts for my day. And so, Lord, would you just give us, would you guide us? We need your Holy Spirit to guide us into the right impact community that would lead us into the right huddle that we would have these friends where we can practice this habit. And it's a habit that I shouldn't put upon someone else. It's a habit I need to embrace. It's a habit I need to upgrade in my own life. And so Lord, may it start in each and every one of us. And may you produce something in 2021 in our spiritual lives that is something that's just something we didn't imagine because we committed to this habit. We need your help, but you can produce it, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to this mission by visiting lakeland.church.